afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Governance Evaluator Insights webinar series. We're really excited today. We're going to be continuing our series um, talking about resilience. And today we're talking about remaining resilient. Today we're really excited to welcome our presenter, Leanne Ryan. Hi, Fee. Hello, Leanne. It's so lovely to see you. Leanne has an amazing background as a senior executive leader. She's got a lot of experience in business strategy, business development, business operations and customer service. She maintains a strong focus on developing workforce culture. And I think one of the most interesting things is that Leanne has actually been working with the Governance Institute of Australia for almost three years now and designing and implementing effective processes within the organisation. But her role also includes building and developing key corporate alliances, sponsorship channels and brand awareness through proactive networking and relationship management. Leanne is absolutely passionate about driving responsible organisations and operational performance across all sectors. And also, because of the privilege we have of working with Leanne, I know that she's very passionate about governance. And Leanne, I am so thrilled and excited to have you here today. And I think your story is going to be so interesting to all of us. And as you mentioned to me earlier, particularly from that management perspective around resilience. So Leanne, I'd love to welcome you from all of us and I know that we want to start our session today by you telling us something really interesting about the Governance Institute that I actually don't think many people know. Well, I certainly didn't know anyway. So welcome. Thanks, everyone, and thanks for having me here today. I'm so glad um, you've joined us to hear our interesting story at Governance Institute. What you may not be aware of is that Governance Institute, uh, the organisation, is actually 110 years old. <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? And we also have 12 members that have been with the Governance Institute for over 70 years. So there's a huge history involved in this association. And of course, we're going through a challenging time at the moment, as everyone is. But it's really been about our resilience and how we've managed the new pandemic environment. And I think the resilience comes from that we've actually gone through world wars in the past, we've gone through recessions, and we've also gone through the GFC. So we've got a lot of experience in how to manage challenging environments. And I think it's our members that have supported and sustained Governance Institute throughout the last century. And already our members are demonstrating now that they're willing to support and sustain us through this current environment. Fantastic. So that is an extraordinary story. And talk about resilience, 110 years. That's amazing. I know. So, I know. I can't wait to hear what did a 110-year-old organisation do or start thinking about what, what happened for all of you when life changed for all of us after mm. March the 23rd, 2020? Oh, look, that that date, I think, will be etched in everyone's <laughs> mind for the rest of their lives. It's the, the date that everything changed, especially for the business world and for us mm. personally. We were keenly watching the news and finding out how the pandemic was increasing across our land and the risks that were coming with it. It was really quite, I suppose, inconceivable to think that the government were actually announcing that only essential workers were to work, everyone else had to work from home, everything was shutting down. And for a Governance Institute, 2020 was to be our year. We had such a great strategic direction in place. We had all of our schedule, our events and training planned. And of course, for all of us, some key concerns were raised around what does this mean for our business? What does this mean for our plans, for our strategic direction? And also, what does it mean for us personally? We're all worried. Are we going to get sick? What about our family's health, job security, mm. our superannuation? There's so many things that impacted those thoughts on the 23rd of March. 
So, yeah, it was quite a trip that day. Absolutely incredible. And I think, I don't think there's a single person that we talked to that didn't actually experience those same sort of shocks. One of the biggest things I do remember, though, was a lot of people thinking, is this really true? Uh, you know, a lot of sort of this couldn't possibly be this big. So what were, from your memory, what were the biggest things that you considered? What were some of the things you kind of set in train? Mm-hmm. At Governance Institute, we were quite fortunate in the fact that um, because we are the Governance Institute, we've got very strong and robust business continuity and risk management plans and frameworks already in place. So we knew that was going to hold us in good stead. But of course, we're wondering, are these frameworks going to hold us up against a pandemic and an environment that none of us had ever experienced before? So, you know, we had some key considerations in our business continuity plan. We've got service delivery where we look after all our members and their inquiries. We've got events and training, what's going to happen to all the events that we had scheduled face-to-face. Our technology was Mm. our technology going, was it robust enough to hold us up from a work-from-home environment? And, of course, our HR and culture, how are we going to continue that level of high engagement with our team. We're all working from home. And of course, how do we still engage with our members and ensure that our members found their membership valuable? So what we initially did was we pulled together a crisis management team, okay. which was fantastic. And some of the things that they had to, to focus on was, first of all, they had to identify our immediate risks and put some mitigation strategies quickly in place. There was no time to muck around on this, so um, they did a great job doing that. We had to ensure our business continuity planning was amended to support the business through this new environment that we had no idea how it was going to pan out. We also had to ensure we had an effective communications plan because we had to make sure that everything we were doing was well communicated amongst our team and, of course, amongst our members. So, Mm. you know, they were the key considerations and we had a lot of checklists introduced throughout that time. That's amazing. And if we go back to that thing of people wondering about working from home, Mm. do you find out really quickly or did you need to, did that become one of the first things you had to deal with in your business continuity plan? Yes, yes. How did that go? Look, where we were really fortunate is we'd recently, in the last few months before March, moved to a shared web-based platform, which enabled people to work from anywhere and access all of our data and our systems. So we were very fortunate about that, around that. And it was actually only a couple of months prior to March that we'd um, actually done a test run and had various team members work from home in a hurry to see if it would work, and it actually did. So, but having said that, that was tested in a very controlled environment. We were now going to roll this out in an uncontrolled environment, and it was interesting to see how that went. Of course, we had to prioritise some of our team members. So obviously the frontline customer service team had to be first. And we had to make sure that they had handsets at home, they had the IT and technology set up, and those roles that weren't customer-facing, we could then implement. But all in all, we've been probably 24 to 48 hours, we were all working successfully in the home. That's incredible. That's really, really quick. It is. I think one of the main things, though, we found that with our technology, not all of our Our team members had laptops. A lot of our team members preferred to work in the office, so they came and used their PC that's on their desk. So Mm. we had to quickly allow people to take their equipment home. Yes. It actually caused another bit of um, a governance issue because then we had to track and monitor where all our equipment (laughs) was. Chasing everybody home. I remember we were the same. We we had to move everybody, everybody needed to work from home, but also our team, same, had lots of times when they did work from home. But when you move home, you do need cameras and everything else. And I remember trying to buy a camera 
there just wasn't one available across the whole of Australia pretty much in that first week. Yeah. It was just, so actually getting equipment was really quite difficult, wasn't it? Oh, it was. And I know that uh, some of our team had um, difficulty buying desks because Mm. they were, you know, just running out the office work store as time progressed, especially with all the children also being schooled at home. So, yeah. And what about some of the communication things? Um, How did that go with the team? So Governance Institute, prior to March and prior to having our shared platform, we were always phone people. um, We've got an internal system and you press six and you can talk to whoever you want. And that was, in the past, it worked well, but we knew that we had to move into a more modern technology environment. And now we basically communicate via Teams and chat. Emails have reduced. Mm -hmm. So we're actually talking more about that day-to-day liaison with each other. And it actually works a lot better than picking up the phone because you can be in a meeting and see that chat come through with with an important question and you can actually reply to that Mm. inquiry straight away without having to wait for the meeting to finish. So, yeah, it's working quite well. And the ability to see each other, because we are a national organisation, we have state offices all over Australia and associated teams, and it's really good to be able to chat with people and actually see their face. And I think it's actually, it's brought us all closer. Mm. And one of the things that we discovered was we used to think one kind of catch-up meeting a week was enough or maybe once a fortnight. But we went to daily, which really seemed to help people when they were at home. How, how did you guys go to doing that and then getting on with the day? I think in the first instance, while we were settling in at home, uh, we were receiving regular updates from the crisis management team on what's happening. The transparency at Governance Institute has been outstanding, absolutely outstanding. There's been no secrets. Everything's been laid on the table for everyone to see. All of the from CEO down. CEO down. The transparency. And has that made a big difference? to how everyone's managed that sense of safety at home? Oh, definitely. Mm. Information is key to making people feel comfortable. And so that was primarily a key focus, was making sure that we have communication channels in place. And we also, besides our normal business meeting schedule, we also have more human-related meetings as well where we don't necessarily talk about work we just make sure that um, everyone's feeling cared for and valued and it's providing forums where people can talk about their experience in lockdown and um, that's still going on now in Victoria. That's really lovely I know our Jessie who runs all our customer care department and everything she is just become none of us knew this but the absolute whiz on a Friday running a trivia session with us all and before COVID we wouldn't have done any of that so it's just really interesting so one of the things that your organization is really renowned for is these events that Mm -hmm. Robin our business development manager would be up at three in the morning going to catch an airplane meet all the other CEOs and directors at your beautiful events so what on earth did you do about them and how do people feel about that Look, definitely our events were our biggest concern uh, in March. We had 485 training and professional development events scheduled for 2020. And all of those were scheduled face-to-face. So mm-hmm. as you can imagine, we were thinking, oh, gosh, what are we going to do here? We, Whilst we'd had a couple of webinars in the past, we weren't virtual format experts. So our, we have an events team. And prior to that, I'll just explain, though, in that events team, we also had a national events manager and our Queensland events specialist that actually only started in March. So they had to actually come into an organisation and actually start their role in a whole new format that they had no experience in either. So we had a bit of a double whammy, but kudos to them. They've stepped up and they've actually had a big contribution in leading us through the new virtual world. 
So we've had five state governance and risk management forums scheduled for May. They're, they're your big event, aren't they? They're our big event. Yeah, yeah. And one of our key revenue channels as well for the year. So our biggest risk was cancelling those events. We thought, gosh, we don't want to do that. Our members are also in need of information and guidance at the moment. And we thought, no, we have to put these forward as a virtual event. So it was quite an experience and we had lots of crossing of fingers throughout those events, but they worked really well. And our valuations returned positive um, feedback. A lot of people Mm. actually enjoyed watching the event from their home. They could go and make a coffee when they want. If there was a session they weren't particularly interested in, they could get up and go and do something else and come back. And they felt safe and they still were able to take away the key learnings. Mm. So very successful. So successful that we're actually running our national conference, which is our gold gold event of the year. Um, Who would have thought? I mean... It's actually really interesting you should say because when we chat to directors, um, quite a lot of them have been saying to me, well, funnily enough, I didn't go to conferences and things before because I didn't like travel, uh, it was too expensive, I couldn't leave the kids, all these different things. And now they've become complete groupies because they're actually uh, so much more available now. So, I mean, that's an outcome we wouldn't have thought of. Uh, it's actually a positive outcome, I reckon. Oh, definitely. Mm. Even now with our national conference, we're um, already getting interest from overseas. Overseas? Yeah. yeah because they probably couldn't have come before. No. They certainly no. couldn't come now. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, from our regional members, mm. which um, yeah, for all those, those reasons that you mentioned before, would, they wouldn't be able to attend national mm. conference. So, exactly. Um, yeah, it should be really good. So that is a really positive outcome. And the other thing I'm interested in is about technology. Um, Mm. So that is the thing that's enabled us to to have maybe some better outcomes from some of these terrible things that COVID's done to us. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And with our technology, we were very fortunate that we've chosen to make a huge investment into our IT and technology platforms for Governance Institute, not knowing that there was a pandemic coming, but just to make sure sure that we're at the top of our game and we were providing the right tools for our teams, you know, to deliver a a high-quality service. So we actually put that investment in place prior to COVID. So we were in... It stood us in good stead. By the way, though, our IT team is quite small. So during that period where we had to transition to work from home, they were run off their feet. Mm. And again, because we had some good frameworks in place, we had a great help desk capability and that was life-saving for the IT team because they were able to prioritise then some of the hundreds of requests that were coming through. Because not everyone is tech savvy. They may be able to operate their computer at work, but actually going home and setting it up, setting their internet up, etc., was quite a challenge for some people. And of course, the IT team had to be on hand at all hours of the day to mm. us. So, no, I think you're right. I think um, probably if I reflect before um, COVID, one of the biggest things we used to say was if we could get in touch with Zoom and get them to help us do education for everybody we work with, it'd be fantastic. Now, I haven't met a single person who doesn't just go, not a problem, we'll do it by Zoom. And so everybody's actually become quite efficient at technology, which is great. Interestingly, I know Adrian, who's our IT ops manager, Leanne, hasn't spent a lot of time early in COVID helping people to do their evaluation. He's actually spent a lot of time teaching them how to do Zoom and how to set up virtual meetings and things, which has been a real, a really lovely thing, I think. Yeah, I just want to mention to part of that technology that we'd invested mm. As most of you are aware, Governance Institute provides training. So we do the yeah. great 
diploma in governance. We also have certificates in governance and risk management that we roll out and they are a face-to-face event. But fortunately, we'd already invested in an online learning centre. Wow. Yeah. So we're able to transition all of our students over to that. So, yeah, yeah which stood us in good stead. And, and is it working well? Are people um, finding that they can learn all that governance stuff online? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is. You know, you always find um, some people that prefer the face-to-face learning. But this is a good workaround for now, definitely. Oh, that is terrific. And I guess for me, one of the most interesting things that you and I have talked about over the long time that we've known each other is all around how have people coped with the human factor in this? And what is it that you've helped people to do to remain resilient? Because resilience really starts with the human and the individual and their capacity even when they're feeling terrible and maybe physically or mentally to keep going and to push on through this. So I'm really interested to hear about your approach and and how you've managed this culture because I think this is probably where some of the gold in your tips and thoughts are. Oh, look, the culture is so important. Without mm. our people, we can't sustain our business. Okay. Um, and... Our CEO, Megan Motto, we've had Megan for a couple of years now and she's just dynamite and such an authentic human-focused CEO which has stood us in a fantastic position throughout this as far as culture is concerned. From the onset, Megan has been very vocal. She's been talking to everyone. She's been hosting team meetings, etc. with the message that, She cares for our people. One of the most important things for Governance Institute is to make sure that our team are safe, our team are comfortable and a focus on our health and well-being. So some of the things that we've introduced to focus on that is actually a STEPS program where we're actually encouraging our team to get up at 11.30 every day away from their computers and go for a walk And we actually had a competition as to we split into teams and to see who was doing the most steps. Um, You're measuring it on your watch? Yeah, or on the phone, on the mobile. That's great. I like that idea. Yeah, I failed miserably. No one will ask me to be on their team again. What was the top steps? 10,000? Oh, yeah, more, I think. Oh, wow. We've got some very fit people that work at Governance Institute. So that was really good. We also introduced what we call a fun, fun, fun forum, I suppose, where our people could actually go on, post photos of what was going on in the house. We've had photos, funny photos of dogs, cats, kids, and just a forum where people can feel connected together. And it's been really good for our culture because our team has actually invited each other, we've all invited each other into our homes and into our personal lives, which we potentially weren't through doing Zoom, much of. Through Teams and Zoom, yeah. Through Teams, through Zoom, through sharing more personal photos and fun pics, etc. And uh, I think, again, that's um, brought us a lot closer. The other thing that um, Megan has been very strong about is that she's empowered our team to make the right decisions on behalf of ourselves Mm. Um, and also for the business. We can all work from home. We've done, we've proved that the business is going well and we're successfully managing it from a home environment. Megan was very clear that people work where they feel comfortable. If Mm. you don't feel confident transitioning back into the office straight away, don't. She was very clear on that. And I think it really made people feel valued and extremely safe. And listened to, probably. And listen yes. However, whilst we think, whilst we thought, this is great, everybody's on board, we're collaborating, we're doing everything so much better, you can't rest on your laurels around that. So what we actually did, we did engage a consultancy company to come in and do a confidential staff survey. So we could actually really understand 
that they were in a good place and they were we passed with flying colors we had very positive feedback come back from the team and that they did feel valued they felt that the information was extremely transparent they had very good guidelines around what they needed to do as far as their work is concerned and direction and they all said that they thought the culture had improved as well so gosh isn't that interesting? It is. It is. And I'm so glad we did that survey because it really... So you're talking about like a little online survey or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's terrific. That's really helpful. Yeah, and we asked the questions mm. around, do you think you've been, the information has been shared appropriately with you? Do you feel um, comfortable working from home? All these things. Mm. That, um, and And are you getting up and stopping and... All that sort of thing. Yeah. I know one of the things we talked about a while ago was helping people with or without families because people without families have different things to think about. It's not just because you've got kids that you should have extra consideration. Mm. But how have you handled some of those situations? Yeah, I suppose we've transitioned from a predominantly office space, nine to five, or your eight to four thirty, normal business day. Mm. Whilst our, um, our frontline staff have had to man the phones and respond to emails and inquiries in that normal business day time frame, a lot of our other staff that work um, in the back end, if you like, making sure all of our services happen, mm. they didn't necessarily have to comply to that normal nine to five business day. So a lot of them had children that they were homeschooling, they had husbands at home as well, working from home and Governance Institute were great as far as taking the onus off what hours we actually worked mm. and between what times to the quality of work. So we had people that, for instance, were starting work early, getting all their emails done, getting their priorities attended to, and then they may not work for the next three hours because they had to homeschool. And then they might pick that up afterwards when the kids um, were on a break, etc. So it's worked really well. We've found that because Governance Institute, our events and things have actually increased because we've had to, our members have reached out and said they want more guidance, they need information, they were looking to us to help them steer them through this new environment that's so challenging. So we've had to create extra webinars. Yeah. Some of the webinars actually, Fee, we've had over a thousand people come to those. It's just been... Um, that's incredible. It is. The first oh. one on the 6th of April was actually Know Your Director's Duties and how to manage them through COVID-19. Mm. And we had 1,300 registrations for that event, which that just show incredible. another 800 for evolving business impact and business continuity planning. So we knew that our members needed us, so we created more events. This created a, a bigger workload for our team. So yeah. It's sort of been a gift that we've been able to work from home because, of course, a lot of us were commuting, spending two hours a day commuting on the train. All of our offices are based in the CBD of each capital city. So our team were actually able to take that two hours that they would all usually spend commuting and actually make sure that they were staying on top of their workload. So it actually has worked quite well. I think that's incredible because one of the things that we all noticed as a team is that in order to survive, we also have to be quite agile, Leanne. Yeah. And I think that's what you're describing is that agility. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested, has with that agility come for you extra workload? Because I would have to say that we've all found we've burnt a lot of extra hours. Just, yes, we've got hours back from travelling, but agility somehow seems to equate to more hours as well sometimes. Has that been happening for all of you as well? Oh, look, it has. An agility mm. is a big word. And, yes, we've been able to be extremely agile. And I think that's because, Fiona, that we've had these frameworks, these great governance and risk management operational frameworks in mm. You look at some organisations that aren't agile. They're like the big cumbersome elephant that walks mm -hmm. 
jungle slowly. They can't do anything within a 48-hour turnaround because they're, they're tied up with red tape and bureaucracy. And quite often you find that's due to them not having the right structures in place to run their business and to also um, prepare themselves for growth. So I think the ability to be agile is actually based on the structure and the effectiveness of your operational business. So we've been able to be extremely agile, but you're right, with agility brings more workload. Yeah, it does. Um, it does. Yeah, indeed. Because it's really, I've noticed there's a real tension between sticking to the way we did things before, sticking to those routines and those methodologies that you work so hard to create. Mm. And agility means, yes, you might be disrupting what you provide for people to help them, but also you're disrupting the way your own team does that. So yeah. how have you supported people through that? Oh, look, to be agile and to change the way that we're doing business at the moment, mm. we've um, actually empowered our teams to have a role in the key decision-making Okay. as to how we move forward. Mm. You know, every member of our team has an opinion. They've got expertise That's in all good. areas and experience. So we've actually leant on our team to actually collaborate with them and make sure that everyone has a say in our direction and it's worked really well. And of course, if you find that you empower people to be involved in the decision-making process, it's a lot easier to roll out new initiatives and changes to process. Yes, yes. They will be flexible because they have ownership yeah. over the, the new initiatives that are being rolled out. And of course, once they've got, you've got buy-in, yeah. they just pick it up and run with it. So it's <laughs> been, yeah. yeah. And, and it requires testing and all those sorts of things as well. Oh, it's terrific. And it sounds like your members, uh, it, it sounds ridiculous, but in these times, because you haven't stopped, the membership has increased and, and their engagement has increased as well. Definitely. Is, yeah. Look, we've been blown away actually by the interest in Governance Institute throughout this environment. And of course, I think most organisations have realised some of the components that I've recently talked about, about having those good frameworks in place and perhaps mm. some of them have fallen down because they haven't had them in place. And so we've had lots of organisations sending their people to be trained in governance, which is fantastic. So that's certainly a surprise to us. We're expecting our enrolments to decrease, but they've stayed true to what we were expecting, which is fantastic. So Terrific. You know, our members are so important though. And it was great that our team, in our team, I heard so many of our team members say, what about our members? What about our members that have lost their jobs? What about our members that can't pay for their membership this year? What are we going to do for them? And it was really good that they were, all these thoughts were coming from their heart and from their purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that we haven't stopped the Governance Institute is the focus on purpose. It's just so important to keep the the organisation running and keeping it thriving and keeping our people in the right um, mindset. So what we have done, we have actually reached out to those when we find out about them that have been made redundant and we've offered our assistance. Can we put you in touch with different sectors or other members that can potentially help you? Some of the recruitment companies that come and present at some of our events, we can put people with the right people. And also as far as our membership goes, we have introduced membership payment increments um, so they can pay mm. uh, instalments. And of course, there have been some members that are suffering severe financial hardship at the moment. And we've invited them to come and talk to us. And yes, we have waived some of the memberships for this year until things improve. That's wonderful. So if you fast track forward to now, I'm really interested to chat with you about what, what is, what's going to stay, what, how, what are you going to take from all the things that you've been through and, and what do you think it's going to look like moving forward? Because that, that's really, we're six months in, we can start to say some things. So what are your top observations? 
Look, I think um, we'll definitely keep a hybrid work model so people can work from home Mm. particular days if they need to. Obviously, they can work in the office or they can work in the office full time. It's going to be up to them, really. That's good. Yeah. Where they conduct their business from. And we find that that um, has had such a huge impact on the culture. We've always enabled a fair percentage of work from home capability in the past. But, of course, now that's going to be increased. And what we found is the productivity increases. As I say, you take away the commute times, et cetera. People really feel that they've got everything under control. So that's definitely going to stay. And also, we're going to keep a hybrid virtual and face-to-face component to our events. So what we have found, the reach that we've been able to to get across the states, uh, especially to our regional members, has been extraordinary. So the engagement from our regional members has been extremely high, the highest we've ever had, because they've been able to attend these events that they normally mm. would be able to attend, or they'd have to spend a lot of money to actually come to the city and attend. So that's been extremely, you know, satisfying, and we'll definitely be keeping with the the new technologies that we have, we'll have the capability to run, you know, events mm. in the future. So that's definitely staying. So Leanne, before we go to take some questions, I see you've got some good take-home tips for us after you sharing your story with us today. So take us through those. What are the, the big things that you would say we can all learn from this? from your perspective in the management area? Yeah, those businesses and organisations that have actually sustained themselves well and have actually thrived, Mm. obviously have good governance and risk management frameworks in place. If you haven't, maybe that's something you need to look at. So can I just interrupt there, Leanne? So you're talking about the governance from top to bottom? Top to bottom. Okay, yeah. If you don't get your team trained to understand governance and learn how to build the frameworks and robust business continuity plans, you're going to find it hard to move forward because the future is going to probably be more challenging than what we think. So it's so important to have that. The other thing that I would suggest that every organisation should ask each of their team members on every level if they understand what governance is. Because at the end of the day, if they don't, you're going to have a problem because every team member, regardless of the role that they play within the organisation, is responsible for your organisation's performance, either directly or indirectly. We tend to focus on making sure that the board, the CEO and the executive team have good governance and are qualified around governance and risk management. But the more members of your team that you can make sure that they understand the governance aspects of the business, the better you're going to stand in the future. Um, I think the other thing, the other key takeaway is focus on your purpose. Don't deviate from that. Mm. That's why you have a business, that's why you have an organisation, whether it be commercial or not-for-profit, there's always a purpose attached to it. Keep your team focused on that purchase, on that purpose, because it, you know, actually keeps them in a good mindset as well, especially during lockdown. Purpose is mm. to your well-being at the moment, and if they've got a good purpose to adhere to, um, that's going to help. And while... You know, while you're focusing on your purpose, don't forget about your compliance. Don't lose sight of your compliance and regulatory obligations. That can easily be pushed to one side and that could create dramas later on if you don't mm-hmm. keep a close eye on that. I think that's really important. And probably the most important takeaway is focus on the human touch. I think that's, if there's any one good thing that... COVID-19 has taught us and the learning that we take away from this experience is that we're human beings and how we interact and how we collaborate with each other is so important. Care and support your team. Be totally transparent. At the end of the day, you're a business. 
You're not giving people your personal bank account details or, you know, it's a business and every person in your business has a stake in that business. We all own it. So be transparent, you know, share the, the highs, the lows, the concerns, the fears and the successes. I think that's really important. And last but not least, have a strong communications plan. That's so important in any organisation. And remember to focus, what you focus on grows stronger, so make sure it's positive. Mm. Don't focus on the negative, always focus on the positive and I think um, everyone will be fine. I think it's just fantastic, Leanne. Thank you so much. And, and we've got a few questions. Um, I think people are particularly interested in that area that you discussed around culture mm-hmm. and caring for staff. And I think... I know you talked about, of course, your fantastic survey and a few people have asked and I um, thought you, following this, might be able to share with people how you did that. But people are wondering, is there any other ways? Apart from doing a survey, what about at the time? What about, what are some of the ways that your managers or when you're all on Zooms together And I think this is very helpful because if I was to talk to directors at the moment or chairs who are leading people in board meetings, how on earth do you pick up on things other than, of course, that survey? How do you pick up at the time and how do you manage that? Did you you learn any tricks around that in your evolution of all being working (laughs) from home? I think in any environment at any time, engage with your team. Talk to your team. Mm. That's so important. And at Governance Institute, everyone at every level talks. We all engage together. As I said, Megan Mottos and our executive team have been absolutely fantastic. They've made sure that they've stayed very engaged with all team members and making sure that everyone's head is in a good good place. Mm. Yeah, engagement. Yeah, don't put up those barriers. Tear the barriers. It's having that, yes, you're all chatting on Teams and chatting on Zoom, but maybe a little phone call afterwards. Hey, how are you? What's happening for you? And um, taking, so you probably, it's extra time, but it, it is the best way to keep people going. Yeah. Oh, that's, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's really good. And um, I'm just having a look at, someone's also interested to know about how do we manage transitioning people back into the workforce? Because that's a reality. Some people actually really do like going to work. And if you think of the organisations like health services and aged care and schools and what have you, that's a reality. Working from home may not always be a choice. That's right. So some, yeah, some people are interested in, okay, what are some of the uh, strategies that you might have that you might have been thinking about for that? Yeah, and we've found that empowering people to make the right decisions on behalf of themselves mm. We have, we've been, I don't know, nobody's sort of taking advantage of that either, which has been quite lovely to know. Mm. It means that all of our team are quite committed and dedicated to our business, which is um, just lovely. But also allow people, again, to make those decisions around that. We're transitioning in. I worked in our Brisbane office yesterday and I'm doing it again tomorrow. We're actually running our first face-to-face courses in Brisbane. Really? Since March, yeah. So fantastic. And we've had to make sure we've got social distancing compliance in place. We're taking the temperature of the students as they come in and making sure that everything's disinfected in between courses so all those things are happening but um, also be flexible allow people to maybe change their hours start a bit Mm. later or start earlier finish earlier end later I think that's important be a little bit flexible around it so when people can feel comfortable if they have to um, catch public transport that's important as well but what we're finding now is that people are potentially over working from home, whilst it was a bit of a novelty at first. Yes. Most yes. people keen to get back into the office um, in some capacity to work. There's nothing better than human contact, as we know. 
and and it's nice to get dressed up to go to work mm. and we've just got a couple more questions that i think we've definitely got time to chat about so one is we're focusing on the positives is important but what happens to the negative issues and do you have any tips for addressing those because it's just impossible when you're dealing with humans that there aren't going to be some negative things arise and have you got any tips that you've learned about that as well yeah and um you're always going to have those negative issues that prop up and sometimes people can be quite negative and that's just good management skills mm. again engage talk find out what the reason there's always a reason behind it find yes, out see if you can assist that person to actually change their mindset a little bit and start focusing on the positives. But as far as the issues go, yeah, everything's not all roses. Governance Institute too, we have our challenges and we issues and our issues, but what we find works best for those issues that do prop up is that we collaborate. We pull together people's expertise and experience within the organisation, regardless of what level they work at. And we tackle these issues as a team and make sure that all the key stakeholders that are going to be impacted by any decisions that we make are included in that decision-making process. Mm. Now, look, I support you. One of the biggest things I think we've all learned as a team around it's great to focus on the positives, but there are negatives. I mean, things happen. Is that I think what I love is that resilience of being prepared to have that discussion, people being brave and know that all will not be lost if you try to somehow explain your side of the story. Be brave. People need to listen. And, uh, gosh, somehow, if possible, resilience is meant to be also connected to not taking offence, but that's an almost impossible state. (laughs) So I think my version of resilience is people do take offence And we all take offence at each other, but resilient people discuss it and don't hold on to it for any more than 24 hours if they could possibly help it. (laughs) Because, yeah, I think that the one thing in this time, you would have thought that when people were working together, Leanne, that they would have been more capable of talking about things that weren't positive. But my um, observation is that this is actually been a time when I've experienced that we're better at talking about things that aren't positive because you actually really have to or you can't keep going. Mm, Um, People get too tired or too exhausted or or whatever. So last but not least, I've got a great question. I've been saving this one up for last. This is is really good. Uh, It's really wise. It said that Basically, we've been through pandemics before and, as you mentioned at the beginning of this, the Governance Institute was probably there for the last one, probably teaching people about governance. But there's records show that since 1918, we have forgotten most of the learnings of that event. What are some of the things that we shouldn't forget? Or more importantly, how will we not forget? Have you got any tips around that for us? And How do we keep it in our DNA moving forward? Yeah, definitely. And I don't think we should forget Fiona. And just to, talking from a personal level, this is just my opinion. For me, the whole pandemic has meant that I've been able to get my priorities right in my life. Work is work. And that's where that negative part comes in. And some of my team, when they've had bad days, I said, this is just work. Yeah. No, it's not your personal life. It's not your family. It's not that that's your main priorities. Of course, work is a a main priority, but it's not your life. And I think that's one of the key takeaways that we have to learn from this experience. And, And I do hope the demonstration of care that everyone's demonstrated this um, not everyone. There's been a few, you see on social media, or a few, <laughs> a few strange comments and, and things, but those who have demonstrated care continue doing it. It's not hard to be a good human being at the end of the day. I think that the absolute pearls of wisdom, thank you. I'm going to keep those myself. 
So Leanne, I can't thank you enough. And and taking us inside your amazing organisation and talking to us so honestly and helpfully about what did you experience from that management perspective. I've got quite a few pearls of wisdom written down today. I love that idea of that survey or that little evaluation of how are people feeling. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And talking about focusing on your purpose, but being agile within how you achieve your purpose was terrific. Some great tips. So I'm just going to say to people just a little mention about how the Governance Institute and the Governance Evaluator can assist people moving forward, and then we'll just finish our session today. So after today, everybody is going to receive a copy of this webinar, and that will be forwarded on to people, which will be terrific. And also, we're really encouraging people, if they wish, if they want to talk more about governance, please, Robin Duffield, our amazing business development manager, she's there right now. And right now, I think, as Leanne's been talking about, people love a phone call and they love someone to talk to about their governance issues. So please, you'll see our phone numbers in a moment. But also, the Governance Institute, an incredibly supportive, amazing organisation and the amazing people like Leanne and what have you are there. Just get in touch. There's lots of lovely ways to get in touch. And of course, you'll be receiving this information after our session today. Leanne, I just cannot thank you enough. I really love chatting with you today. And you're such a, an amazing person. And I must admit, if I had to go through Corona, I would love to be in your team. Oh, and thanks. Fiona. Yeah. <laughs> We learned a lot for having me here today, and thanks to Governance Evaluator. A very great pleasure, and thank you to all our amazing people who've come along today. And I wish you a wonderful rest of the day, and we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.